Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 114, What is Wrong with Me? It's April 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. What is wrong with me? Well, this is a wonderful topic. It's a topic that I frequently talk to people about. And at the same time, it's not something that we're commonly talking about in everyday society. I have some really good news. I have some new thoughts about this that hopefully will help you if you're one of those people who either consciously or subconsciously has this notion or feeling that there's something wrong with you. So let's dive in. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway because that would make me very happy and you could win some free stuff. My disclaimer is next. I am not a medical healthcare professional. I am not a therapist. I'm in no way in the medical or therapy community and as a result nothing that I say in my podcasts or in my written content or or YouTube videos or any of my content is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. It is not that. Now if you are listening to this podcast and life is too hard for you or you've been feeling suicidal or you feel as if your life doesn't matter or it's simply just too much for you to bear, I am asking you to stop and make a phone call. I'm asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you to tell people how you are feeling. I am asking you to Post on social media if you need to. People will help you. I promise you. It might not be the people that you want to help you. It might not be the people who you think should help you. But my promise is there's a lot of help available. People will help you. You're lovable. And make that call. My next sidebar note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I currently have transcripts for all of my podcasts on the rss.com platform, my hosting platform. Within an hour to three or four hours of a new podcast being uploaded and published on rss.com, a transcript will then be generated and be available. And in the coming weeks or months or as soon as we can make it happen, it's been a work in progress. My transcripts for my podcast will also be available on my website. Currently, my podcasts are also on my website, but not the transcripts. 
The other note for the deaf and hard of hearing community is I am working on improving my flow of speaking, my speed, my pronunciation in order that you have a more valuable transcript. I do think I'm making some small, small improvements and I ask for your patience. So what is wrong with me? Well, this topic, this, this notion, this thought, this idea comes up quite a bit in the work that I do with people and also in my conversations out in the world. My opinion about this is that this is almost universal. It's not 100% universal, but it seems to me to be ubiquitous, like all over the place and very common. So, and if you listen, if you start to become awake and aware to yourself and your life and society and what's happening, you will hear that statement, what is wrong with you, or, or the question, what is wrong with you, out in the world. You will, you will hear it, you will see it, you will see it on shows, you will see it in films, you will hear it out in stores when you're shopping or at the checkout line. This is a common question, actually made more or less in the form of a statement, what is wrong with you? So, but we're not talking about this. And I want to talk about this because this hampers people in life. This thwarts people from having an amazing life. As you can imagine, if you're walking around and consciously thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. And for some people, it's really stealth. It's unconscious, it's subconscious, it's buried deep down, but it is not powerful and it is not helpful to you. So we're going to tease this apart in little pieces. Now I do want to say at the outset here that statistically speaking, we know that up to 5% of the population falls into the narcissistic personality disorder category. And we also know it depends on whose numbers you read. And when I give numbers, I like to be confirmed. I like to give accurate information in my podcast because that's how I do life. And frequently or on occasion, there are uh, disputing figures, disputing statistics that are not, that don't marry up and match. So in this category, that depends on who you believe. We have one report saying 1 in 25 and another uh, source is saying 1 in 100 people are sociopaths. So there's a difference there. It's either 1 in 25 or it's 1 in 100. That's a difference. But we do have people who are narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths and, and just generally unwell people who are walking around in society. We know this, and we know that they're unlabeled, just kind of out there. I am not talking about that. I'm not talking about people who are psychopaths or sociopaths or have narcissistic person personality disorder. I'm talking about regular, average, good people who happen to think that there's something wrong with me which is, again, extremely common. Now, if you're cheating, lying, stealing, yeah, you might be thinking there's something wrong with you because you're doing something bad or illegal or criminal or hurtful. So what I'm for the body of this podcast, what I'm talking about is good people who aren't like cheating, lying, stealing, doing awful stuff, 
who have this idea or notion that there's something wrong with them, which I am asserting is absolutely very common. So that begs the question, is there actually something wrong with you? Well, first of all, I have no idea how could I possibly know. Now, I will say, however, if there was something wrong with you, you could go do something about it. If you had a certain issue or problem, you could take care of it. There are all kinds of, we have all kinds of options for handling something if you think there's something wrong with you. So for example, in 2018, I had a raft of people, pretty much everyone, tell me that I, I was going to be damaged as a human being as a result of the massive, massive trauma I was in. And so in 2018, I thought, oh, well, isn't that interesting? It seems to be a universal agreement amongst my inner tribe that I'm going to be deeply damaged, so I better go get into therapy and find out what the damage is and find out what are my new areas to work on. So I just went into therapy only to get kicked out four weeks later for being too healthy. And that is explained in great detail in my podcast titled, What is Therapy Anyway? So I learned all these amazing things about myself, which because I'm not a therapist, I didn't know. But here's the bottom line. People are sometimes afraid to look at themselves. They're afraid of what they might find. And I'm telling you that unless you're like some really evil monster, like a mini Bernie Madoff, you're not going to find something really horrible about yourself because people aren't usually horrible. Now in the book called People of the Lie, the author M. Scott Peck, MD, talks about therapy as an avenue to look at how you do life and look at your map, M-A-P, map of life, to see if the map, M-A-P, you're using for life is true and accurate. That's, I think, a beautiful explanation of what therapy is, and there are many people who are simply too afraid to do that. You do not have to go to therapy to figure out how you're wired or how you're organized. You do not have to go unpack your life and deal with everything that's happened to you. You can, in any given moment, become awake and aware to how you're organized and what might be helpful. So I'm going to suggest right now that you could adopt a new view of yourself and life, which, which is one of my views, by the way. So I view myself and my life as a work in progress. So I view myself as a work in progress. I'm not trying to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I, I don't even, perfection and being perfect is not even on my list. That's a no, 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 no. I'm just doing the best I can in life, playing, laughing, having fun, and I'm not trying to be perfect. So that for me, viewing myself and my life as a work in progress is empowering to me. And if you are walking around in life, <clears throat> either consciously aware or just kind of this unconscious stealth feeling that there's something wrong with you, 
changing your view to a more empowering view could be helpful for you. It could help you take back your power as opposed to thinking, oh, woe is me, there's something wrong with me. Now, all of that being said, if you are someone who is dealing with addictions or you have a problematic behavior or you are not functioning well in life, then you need to deal with that. I do have a podcast titled, you know, Dealing With Your Problems and Issues because I'm a fan of that. That might help you, but you have to deal with life. And this podcast will hopefully help you decompress and get a new view on what is wrong with me. So before I, I tease up, so I'm going to tease apart different aspects of this whole concept or notion of what is wrong with me. And the first thing I want to start with saying, because this is true for too many people, and that is <clears throat> if you are up against it, if you are in a abusive relationship or marriage, or you're having a major life challenge, or you're or you were going through grief or loss, or you're having multiple difficulties, that falls under the umbrella of what I call or what I term up against it. And when you are <clears throat> up against it, and by the way, you're the one who gets to determine if your if your situation or your predicament falls under the up against it category. This is this is just a term I use when someone's experiencing a, a tough spot in their life. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are in the up against it by your own decision or uh, judgment, I'm asking you to be very, very kind to yourself because when you're up against it, life is just usually bitterly hard, very painful, and problematic. What would be helpful if you're up against it is to bring compassion to your life for yourself. And what's also probably would be very helpful to you would be to ask for help. I've talked in several other podcasts that all the different ways I've asked for help in my life and all the different ways I have received help. I'm a fan of asking for help. When I need help, I just ask for it. Okay, I'm not the greatest at asking for help. I will I will cop to that. I'm not like the best because I'm a giver. But I do, I haven't been known to ask for help through my entire life. I'm not ashamed about that. I'm not embarrassed about that. I think that's one of the things that's missing in life is, is people being able to ask for the help they need, etc. But anyway, so if you are up against it, Stay in the game. Stay connected. Make progress a little bit here and a little bit there because you will get through it. And what would be helpful also would be for you to boost your self-care because I know when you're up against it, that's really, it's really tough. So that's my little side note for people who are up against it. Now the next piece of this, which I think is extremely important and valuable, is the origins. Where does this idea come from that there's something wrong with me? Well, there's a number of different sources for it, which I'll lay out here. One major source for people ending up in life thinking that there's something wrong with them is what's called or termed childhood adverse experiences. There is a body of research, a rich body of research, which hopefully is growing, that is on childhood adverse experiences, which is abbreviated 
A, the letter A, the letter C, the letter E, A-C-E, which is the acronym for Adverse Childhood Adverse, Adverse Childhood Experiences, excuse me, I misspoke. So Adverse Childhood Experiences, there is a test online through many different sites that you can take to see what your ACE score is. My caveat about the ACE testing is that in its present form, it does not include some very significant adverse childhood experiences, in my opinion. For example, racism is not included, certain bullying is not included, economic abuse, blended families, having a new marriage, Domestic abuse absent violent, absence violence is not included, and there are other traumatic experiences that the current ACE testing does not include. But it is a place to start. So one of the origins for feeling like there's something wrong with you is in your childhood. That's number one. Now, being treated in a way that left you feeling as if you didn't matter you didn't belong, or your feelings didn't matter, or your feelings were invalidated, either when you were growing up as a child or in adult life, can absolutely leave you feeling as if there's something wrong with you. Bullying either at school, at home, or in the workplace. The next piece, which is also extremely common, is the absence of love and affection, either when you were growing up or in the present time or in your adult life. That could easily leave someone feeling unlovable and like there must be something wrong with me, nobody loves me. Another source or contributing source to where this idea that there's something wrong with me gets formulated is in irrational thinking. Irrational thinking is extremely common. It's, it's not helpful, but it, irrational thinking is not only extremely common, it, I would say I'm, I'm still hunting down the statistic on that. So it seems that over 50%, very high percentage of people in the world have irrational thinking. And irrational thinking, by the way, is a warped or inaccurate view of life, a warped or inaccurate way of thinking, which could leave you feeling like there's something wrong with you because you're not accurately looking at yourself in life. Uh, being told there is something wrong with you, well, the statement is made enough. What is wrong with you? And I shudder to think how many times I might have said that to my children, although my children, I have apologized to my children for every mistake that I'm aware of that I made, and my children are aware that I wasn't the perfect parent, and I had three major traumas going on, and I did the best I could. But we do say that. Now, the next thing that could be an origin, it could be where this this whole idea that there's something wrong with you, got started, which is trauma responses. Now, I'm a little shocked, I'm a little dismayed, I'm a little sad and upset that in 2023, it is not common knowledge that depression and anxiety are trauma responses or could be trauma responses. 
So what that means is for some people starting out in their childhood or at a young age or at a certain point, they had a trauma and as a result of the trauma developed depression or depression and anxiety or it could be sadness, numbness, dissociation. Um, they could have a, a blunted affect as a person, fatigue. There are, there's a long list of trauma responses that we're not talking about. I mean, how it's like that meme. How did I get to be this age and never know that depression and anxiety of the many of the long list could be a trauma response? How did I get to be this age and not know that? Because that to me seems like something that should be very common knowledge because depression and anxiety are very common problems and depression and anxiety are trauma responses. So some of the things that people are dealing with in their life, trauma, I mean depression, anxiety, anger, sadness, fatigue, there's a very long list, could be that it's their response to a traumatic event or their response to trauma and, and they don't know that, they're not aware of that, so they're left thinking, oh, well, look, at I have this depression and anxiety, so there must be something wrong with me. Why can't I be happy? There must be something wrong with me. So there's seven of the top sources. There are other ones, but those are the, some of the more common ways that people end up with this idea that there's something wrong with them. Now, the next piece I have is really for your own edification in this conversation, which is, how did you get put together? Well, we all get put together different ways by different things, but there are there's a common list of contributors to how you got put together. And when I say, how did you get put together, what I mean is, how did you end up this way with your the way you think, the way you do life? Like, how how did you end up organized, wired, or the way that you are. That's what I mean when, when I say, how did you get put together? So here's some of the things that would impact how you got put together. And by the way, this is not a static. This is a dynamic that you could be put together a certain way and then have a trauma or have a accident or have a something and then develop something new just like people said to me in 2018 oh, you're going to be damaged you better go better go get some help and I did and of course it was it was ironic that um, all the things I great things I learned about myself I'm deeply blessed I mean I was shocked that I didn't have any new therapy issues but it is what it is so here is some of the things that impact how you got formed, how you ended up doing life the way that you do life in the present day. Family dynamics, that includes any dysfunctional family dynamics. Family circumstances, situations, environments, and events, that could include poverty, divorce, blended families, homelessness, sibling bullying or mistreatment, you know, it could, it's a big, long list of circumstances and situations. The lack of love and affection, either when you were growing up or later in life. Bullying, abuse, and mistreatment in any form from any source. School, sports, clubs, organizations, and the things that happened in those environments. 
You also could have picked up cues, traits, and behaviors from other family members or other people unknowingly. You may have also made decisions about yourself, other people, the world, and life, oftentimes that being subconsciously or unconsciously, meaning you're not aware that you made those decisions. And responses to situations involving trauma or adverse experiences that you didn't know were trauma or adverse experiences. Beliefs and attitudes based on what life has, has offered you up to this point or not offered you. And generational trauma, that's a new, that's a new idea for me. Uh, so this is very fascinating, but generational trauma can be passed unknowingly or unwittingly from generation to generation. Now, there's an upshot to that, which is there are good things that can be passed from generation to generation outside of trauma. For example, triumphing over, triumphing over abuse or hardship or pain. So there are generational things that we are passing unknowingly. It's a fascinating idea. So you, as a human being, however old you are right now, listening to this podcast, there's a whole big pool of things that influenced you putting yourself together the way you are and operating in life the way that you do life. Some of them you have no skin in the game for. You were born into a family and whatever dynamic that was, it was not of your choosing. And I assert you had no, no impact on that, even if you were blamed for it. So much of why we end up the way we get put together is a response. It's a response or it's a coping strategy <clears throat> or a coping mechanism for something that was missing. So you got put together a certain way by a whole myriad of, of things. Just a, there's a ton of them. And and you're not necessarily conscious to how you got put together. But the good but the good news is that you have you are now awake, you are now aware, you are now engaged in your own life, hopefully, hopefully, and you can change anything about your life for the most part. So I want to address though, because this notion there is something wrong with me is so common. I want to address sources or the things that perpetuate it. Because if you have this idea that there's something wrong with you, I would really want you to understand where, so now you have an understanding of where it might have started, but I want you to understand what is going to keep it in place or what is likely to perpetuate that. Because this is not a good idea. This is, doesn't make people feel good to think that there's something wrong with them. So first of all, there are external sources that will perpetuate this notion. And then there are internal, internal to yourself, ways of being that will perpetuate it. So externally, now that you're awake and aware to this whole notion, you will start, if you're paying attention and you're observing life and you're really really awake 
you will start to see it. You will hear it. You will, you will, you will see it. Like, trust me, I promise you, sadly. And um, so culturally, though, also on social media and memes, there are things, you know, pointing to that or saying it directly. For example, one of the cultural statements out there, which I, I, I hopefully dispel in my podcast titled, Oh No, You Did Not Train People How to Treat You, is this idea that if you are being treated badly, it's your fault because you trained people how to treat you. I mean, that is the statement. You trained people how to treat you. I'm sorry, little children or teenage children did not train their parents or their siblings or people at school to bully them or mistreat them. No, that's not, no, I'm not buying that. And if you listen to my podcast, oh no, you did not train people how to treat you and you believe I'm incorrect, well then show me the money, get in touch with me because I will correct any misstatements I make, which is why I also work to make sure I'm making accurate statements because I want to be accurate. So there's a lot of reinforcement for this notion that there's something wrong with you. Now, externally, we talk about family dynamics, and family dynamics, by the way, do not stop when you leave the house at 18 or 25 or 27, whatever age you are when you leave the family house. If there is dysfunction in the family, it is extremely likely, maybe not 100%, but almost 100% likely, that it will continue for your entire lifetime. It's very rare and unusual that a family, dysfunctional family dynamic gets healed or fixed. Abusers, narcissists, psychopaths, and sociopaths are going to perpetuate that externally. People who are jealous, envious, or resentful for you, of you, aka the green-eyed monster, will perpetuate it because they are attacking you. They will frequently attack you you know, assassinate your character or try to humiliate you because they are fueled by envy, jealousy, and resentment. Being unfairly treated in life by family or coworkers or in clubs or organizations is an external reinforcement. Being in an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage is certainly going to perpetuate that idea. The absence of love and affection can perpetuate it externally. And the absence of having enough good friends or social connections can also reinforce the notion that there's something wrong with you. Now, internally, there are several things that we as human beings do internally that can reinforce this idea there is something wrong with me. One of them is irrational thinking. I will say a little bit more about irrational thinking in my final wrap-up of suggestions, but it is extremely likely and very predictable that irrational thinking could be a big player in this idea that there's something wrong with you. The next one is low self-esteem. Very, very highly likely could be a contributor to keeping it in place and perpetuating it. And by the way, according to the recent recent research just looked at in the last two weeks. Irrational thinking and low self-esteem often are married together, often travel together. Now, it doesn't look like they always come together, but it looks like it's very common that they come together. 
the negative thinking pack, I'm now calling it the negative thinking pack. I've, we adopted that universally. That would make it a lot easier for me. But that, that means negative thinking, ruminating, brooding, catastrophizing, overthinking, and the like. Depression and anxiety can keep this moving forward. Uh, being a perfectionist would, would, would help keep that in place. Disempowering attitudes and beliefs, not having boundaries or healthy boundaries, and not having assertiveness skills. That's just eight of the top common things that can internally keep this thought or notion, there's something wrong with me, in perpetual motion. Now, I do want to make a little side note for some of you listening to this podcast, because for some people, the way that they think they they will kind of spiral out of control where their mind will become like a runaway train. And I want to distinguish this for you because this is hard. This is people who have this going on. It's painful and very problematic. So the way it works is, so something happens, could be an event, could be, it could be anything. So there's a, there's a, could be a tiny little event, could be a comment someone made, it could be a situation you know, and what happens is you begin to self-doubt. And then if we add the negative thinking pack, so you start like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have gone, or maybe I stayed too long, or maybe I did that. You just begin to self-doubt that then we're going to pile on with negative thinking and overthinking and catastrophizing and brooding or ruminating, and it snowballs and gets bigger and bigger, and then you're hard on yourself. You're beating yourself up or you're being hard on yourself, and you end up spiraling out of control, flat on your back, incapable of kind of picking yourself back up. If you also have irrational thinking and low self-esteem, it's the swirling vortex. And there are many people who are dealing and struggling with this and they don't know any other way because it's how they got put together. And my point is, if this resonates with you, if this is ringing a bell and you can say, oh, yes, I do that. Yeah, that that happens to me. The good news is you're not stuck with this. This does not have to be your future. This is actually one of the things I work with people and how I'm so familiar with it because I didn't, I didn't actually know about it until after 2008-ish when I learned that I was present. And then sometime later I thought, well, what happens to people if they're not present? Like, what, what, what is that like? And, and it was an expansive and amazing, shocking journey into this is kind of the other side of being present. When you're present, you're just fully engaged in that moment, right there, right then, not thinking about other things. And it's a different mindset. So if you have this pattern of thinking and, and way of life of how you got put together, where it's spiraling out of control or runaway train, either frequently or infrequently or whenever, this is not something you are stuck with. You absolutely can change the way you think and how you do life. So, but I do have to mention that because this piece of what is wrong with me you know, is a, is a piece that people kind of, they, it's like the, the trap, the vicious cycle they get stuck in because the, until they untangle 
that there's nothing wrong with you, but you're a work in progress, or you could learn not to be guarded, or you could learn not to run away from love, some of the things I've learned about myself, then, you know, it would be a problem. So the next piece of this is, is family narratives and false narratives. Now, I'm, I'm mentioning family narratives from the standpoint that I recently discovered there's a form of therapy which could be helpful for people, and I'm undecided about the family narrative therapy. It seems to have promise. It definitely has some benefits, and there are some concerns. But I mention that because I'm going to talk about false narratives. So there's a thing called family narratives or family narrative therapy. You can look into that on your own. I will certainly be looking into that on my own. And if I have some other things to say about it, I will in the future. But false narratives is really the piece I want to address right now because this can be one of the sources for why you think there's something wrong with you. So a false narrative, so a narrative is a written or spoken account of connected events or a story. So you have a story about yourself. You have a story about how your life has been. You have a story or a narrative about your family. We, we do this without even thinking. It's just kind of part of the, you know, part of being human. However, there are times when someone will create a false narrative about either themselves or about their family or about someone else or about life, whatever, because it's too painful for them to face or because they have a rational thinking and therefore are looking at their life or their family through an inaccurate lens or an inaccurate perception or warped way of thinking, flawed way of thinking. So false narratives can be powerful if you are thinking that there's something wrong with you. It could be because of your rational thinking in a false narrative. So the piece here is, do you have an accurate narrative about yourself or about your family or about whatever? I do not know, but it's important for you to understand that you have this awareness that you might be doing life with a false narrative that could, that could be extremely helpful or powerful to you. By the way, I am not saying or representing in any way that creating a false narrative is a bad thing or it's a wrong thing or it's a horrible thing. It is something that people do frequently when something is too painful to face or they can't admit to other people what happened to them. I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable and, it's, and it might be hurting you. It might be the one thing that keeps this notion in place. So that's why I included this in this podcast. So one of the things, if you're thinking that something's wrong with you, so hopefully you already have some relief in knowing that it's very common. Like, okay, wow. Like people get relieved when they find out that, you know, up to 80% of young people are bullied or mistreated in their own family. People get relief when they understand, wow, that's really common. 
or wow, I'm so lucky I missed that, or wow, like people get relief. So hopefully at this point, you're getting some relief from this notion that there's something wrong with you because you now understand it's extremely common and you're starting to see how that could how that could have been formed, how you could have gotten that idea. So right now what you could do, you could do, you could appreciate everything you've gone through up to this moment, including the fact that you've been thinking there's something wrong with you. You could appreciate how you got put together. Like you could appreciate everything that happened to have you be wired the way you are or organized the way you are or do life the way you do life. And you could really pat yourself on the back. And then if, if there's things you don't like or things that are not helpful, you can get to work on that. I mean, throughout my podcast, I've been talking about, well, earlier this year, I distinguished that I had run away from love. Not proud of that, but yes, I, I did that more than once, by the way. And that I'm very guarded. And the more I embrace my guardedness, by the way, guardedness with a man, not generally speaking, the less of a hold it has on me. Like, I just look at life like I'm a work in progress. So right now, you could appreciate Look at how far you've come. You're alive. You're listening to this podcast or you're reading the transcript or God bless you. You can do both. Like you could really acknowledge yourself maybe for the first time ever that you've gone this far. You've made it this far, however far it is. And then you can do something else with your life if you're not thrilled with it. But my, my point here is celebrate and acknowledge you're here. You've made it this far. I am a fan, by the way, of celebrating every little thing. And I did raise my kids to be that way. And then they went out in the world and found out everybody doesn't do that. Mom, everybody does not do that. I said, no. So celebrate and appreciate you've made it this far. Now, if this has been a theme. Now, for some of you, it's a frequent theme. Something's wrong with me. For some of you, it's kind of more like you'll have an episode or it's infrequent. But regardless of whether it's frequent all the time or you're just now waking up and going, oh, yeah, that really, I, yeah, that's me. Hmm, I never realized that about myself. There's an emotional piece that begs to be addressed. And the emotional piece is that's painful. If you are walking around in life thinking that there's something wrong with you, that's painful. That is richly painful and not helpful. So as I recommend in all of my podcasts, you will need to identify your emotions and then manage and process them. I have a podcast about managing and processing your emotions, and I'm actually been thinking I really need to do a diagram. and That would be helpful to have a visual because we in society, we're not very good at that. We're really not good at that at all. But this is a piece, especially if it's been a common theme throughout your whole life. You know, it's really going to be powerful for you to deal with your emotions. My next suggestion is simply that you bring love and affection wildly into your life. For some of you listening to this podcast, if you just went out and 
brought love and affection into your life. That means you are receiving love and affection and you are giving love and affection. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, just love and affection. I'm talking general love and affection. Your life would change. Your life would change probably dramatically. So love and affection could be the only thing some of you need to do. I don't know. But love and affection is very powerful. And I have a podcast called The Lost Art of Love and Affection that can be helpful for you because it's amazing. Love and affection is amazing. It's one of the things that got me to where I am. I'm very blessed that I have had a life filled with love and affection. And it's just the best. And of course, I've also had a life filled with the nastiest things too, but it counterbalances the negative. All right, so the next piece that's important in this is you, if you're thinking or you've been thinking that there's something wrong with you, I want you to understand, and if you don't, to start right now, to understand that your mind and your body are deeply connected. Your mind and your body are deeply connected, and that has been proven in the scientific field that is called psychoneuroimmunology. And I have a podcast titled Neuroplasticity and Psychoneuroimmunology that explains the science. If you are walking around in life, or have been, thinking there's something wrong with you, that, because of the science that we have that has proven what you think in your mind, your mental health affects your physical health and your physical health impacts, impacts your mental health. You cannot separate those two. You may in your own mind separate those two, but that's not true. That would not be factual. And my, I'm a big fan of using science in any way to help me have a more powerful, happier, and healthier and better life. So it's important for you to understand if you've been thinking consciously or now you're just waking up to it, that there's something wrong with you. This is a nut you want to get in underneath. You want to move this rock. You want to be able to start teasing it apart to create something new for yourself because this is not going to help your health. It is not going to be helpful for you to be thinking there's something wrong with you because it will impact your immune system. And that podcast on neuroplasticity and psychoneuroimmunology will give you the science. Also reinforces the, the impact of love and affection. Last piece before I get into some suggestions to help you break this apart and really move to a new space in life is the idea of making mistakes and getting it wrong. I have a podcast about making mistakes and getting it wrong and I'm a big fan of that. I'm not a fan of, I don't make mistakes on purpose people. I do not make mistakes on purpose. I make them and I get things wrong but not on purpose. But I have the freedom to willingly and knowingly acknowledge once I've made a mistake and apologize and clean it up. And I have the freedom to know, well, as much as I don't like making mistakes and I don't make them on purpose, I'm probably going to make a few more in my life and then I'll have to clean them up. But that gives me the freedom to be able to make mistakes and not think, oh, what is wrong with me? Because oftentimes people will make a mistake or they'll get something wrong and their immediate thought is, oh, what is wrong with me? 
How could I do that? That's just not going to be helpful if you want to have an amazing life thinking that there's something wrong with you because you made a mistake is not powerful. So here's my final suggestions. I have a long list of suggestions, by the way, which I will try to abbreviate because I do like my podcast to be under an hour. So you could, by the way, print out part of this transcript and use this last section as a checklist. It is basically a checklist. So this is my list of things that will help you, whether it's a frequent or infrequent occurrence where you're thinking, oh, what is wrong with me? Or, oh, there's something wrong with me or anything of that flavor. So number one, rational thinking. Rational thinking. I, I actually can't believe that in 2023, we're not talking about this everywhere because Mental health is so important, and if you have irrational thinking, your thinking is flawed, it's warped, it's distorted. How is that helpful? That's not helpful in life, and I don't understand why this is not front page news and everybody's not talking about it, and everybody is not getting to work on dealing with their cognitive distortions. I don't understand that. Regardless, number one, get your thinking lined up and shored up so that you are using rational thinking and don't beat yourself up if you discover oh i have a cognitive distortion i'm always right oh i have a cognitive distortion i'm an emotional reasoner oh i have a cognitive distortion of black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking or magical thinking or leaps and lots don't beat yourself up go woohoo <gasps> now i get to work on that my life's going to be even more amazing so that's number one rational thinking number two I hope you will change your view of yourself in life to being that you're a work in progress or even better, a masterpiece in progress. Number three, make a decision. Choose. Make a decision and choose. Choose to go on an amazing journey to have life be magical, to have life be filled with love and affection, laughter, play, fun. You could name it. It could, be, it could be a trek, an odyssey, a journey, a quest, pick a name, make, make it fun. <laughs> yes, make things fun, people. Come on. Take people with you because it'll be way more fun. You can have parties. You can have events. You can have theme parties. You can set your goals together. And you can use this journey or trek or quest or odyssey and taking people with you to ramp up your love and affection, which is my next suggestion. Can't you see if you got a team of people together, say you named your team, you know, the uh, League of whatever, you know, League of Superheroes or whatever, and then you create parties and events, you could literally, you could literally have the time of your life, taking your life from wherever it is, to this magical end game. You really could. Bring self-care to your life every day. It's amazing. Make it fun. Set up goals. Oh, clearly I am a fan of be well loved, love and affection. And I've got all these suggestions for you to use, but set goals. We know from the research setting goals and working on them helps people be happier. I have a big recommendation that you have a reward system. 
I have an article on my on newsweek.com. That's uh, if you go to newsweek.com with my name or the Newsweek Expert Forum and my name, it will bring up all my articles. And there's an article about using a reward system about leveling up like gamers do. Yes, change is not easy. People do not go, oh, change. Yes, I, I can't wait to change. No, people say, oh, yeah, I don't want to change. And they run. They flee. So make sure you have a reward system to keep yourself in the game. I already mentioned being playful and fun. Oh, come on. You want to be stodgy and serious? Go right ahead. That's This is your life, people, and you can live it however you want. For me, I already decided in high school, I'm going to have fun and play in life, no matter what age I am. Embrace your imperfections. That will help you. Grow your emotions to be a superpower. That will change your life dramatically. Grow your heart like the Grinch. Take back your power. Now, I do have a podcast by actually all of those titles or all of those subjects, and you may be feeling like there's something wrong with you because you've lost power in one or more areas of your life. And that podcast, Take Back Your Power, might help you sort that out if you're feeling that something's wrong with you because you've had a loss of power. Be kind to yourself. Oh my goodness. Beating yourself up or being hard on yourself is also as common as this. It is one of the most common behaviors we have in humanity, in my opinion. And so I do have a podcast about that, but start being kind to yourself. It will feel better and help you. My next suggestion is to learn to control your mind and be present. If you're one of those people, when I was talking about spiraling out of control or the runaway train, if that resonated with you and you know you have those thinking patterns or you have those traits that give you that, that way of thinking, learn, put learn to control your mind and being present on your list. It will change your life forever. And yes, it can be done because I have worked with enough people over time. And on top of it, it's been done since the beginning of time. This is an old idea. Nothing. There's nothing new about learning to control your mind. It may be a new idea to you. Have healthy boundaries. That will help you. And it could be a, a reason why you feel like something's wrong with you. Also, healthy coping strategies or coping mechanisms are going to be very helpful while you're putting to bed this, this idea that there's something wrong with you. My next piece is really a, so we don't start having more psychopaths in the world. I have experience with psychopaths, by the way. <laughs> I do, sadly. That's why some things I can't talk about because I have dangerous people in my life or dangerous people in my past. So the next suggestion is empathy. You want to make sure that you have empathy as a trait and you want to make sure that if you are raising children that they have empathy in their repertoire of emotions and, and skills because lack of empathy is a hallmark of a psychopath. And my last suggestion is, which will really help you if you have some of the things I talked about in this podcast today, which is to make sure you are operating your life using integrity and character bar none. Sometimes people will get into this thinking of there's something wrong with me because they're really out of integrity. 
they're out of integrity, they haven't kept their promises, they haven't kept their word, or they've done this or that, that that's really problematic. So make sure that you are operating in life in integrity and character. For my takeaways, I hope you will adopt the idea that you are either a work in progress or a masterpiece in progress instead of thinking that there's something wrong with you. My next suggestion as a takeaway is it's time to begin to look and see how do you do life? Is it working for you? How is your life? I have no idea how your life is. I simply know what it takes to have amazing love, affection, magic, miracles, and great stuff in the face of the worst traumas and BS. And build a team. Take people with you, making it the most memorable time of your life because you could. My call to action is that you share this podcast on social media so that you can be a leader in helping other people recognize there's, it's probably very likely there's nothing wrong with you, but you had these experiences that leave you thinking that way. And that's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast. Episode number 114, What is Wrong with Me? I certainly hope you're going to entertain some new thinking on this subject and start thinking of yourself as a masterpiece in progress. And I certainly hope you're going to dive into bringing love and affection and all of the really good stuff into your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Of course, I would be wildly happy if you would share it on social media and with the people you care about. That's it. Hang in there for now. I love you. You got this.